Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. There is a passage from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. The New Living Translation of the Bible. Uh, I want to read this passage as we honor God's word. It reads, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I want to uh, share from this passage this morning the thought, the characteristics of an effective encourager. You know, I've shared a passage with you today that has profound implications. And if it is truly believed and adhered to, followed and applied, I believe that it can transform a marriage, a family, a friendship, a ministry, even a community. I believe if it's applied and believed, it could even transform a nation. In the book of Hebrews, there is at this point a series of admonitions in this particular chapter aimed at encouraging the saints of God whose faith is being tested by persecution. The author writes to the church with a pastor's heart, and he's writing to encourage them in their walk with the Lord. And at this particular point in the chapter, he moves them beyond a consideration of the high priestly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and draws them in to a concern or a challenge around their relationship to each other. You see, because ultimately faith is experienced in community, how we treat each other. How we treat each other is ultimately the arbiter and the advertisement of our faith. Of all the things that Jesus could have said to the disciples in the upper room as he's anticipating his arrest, his crucifixion, his passion, all that was before him, uh, he's not missing words. Everything he shares is of significance and substance. But the thing he shares that is most impactful, the one commandment, the one commandment that he gives in John chapter 13 is a new commandment, he says, I give unto you, that you love one another. 
as I have loved you, love ye one another. And then he says this, and I think it's so important that we get this, that we grab this. He says, by this, by this, not, not by these things, but he says, by this, shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love one for another. This is a timely challenge. It's a timely admonition. In an age when Christianity is becoming more subject to ridicule and to skepticism, when churches and denominations are fracturing and fragmenting, taking flight, and leaving churches to join cults and become parts of false religions when television is glamorizing sexual immorality and rampant materialism when biblical doctrine is being compromised and divine institutions such as marriage and family are being ostracized when church pews are empty and when hearts are cold this text constitutes a classified advertisement. Help won't it, but experience is necessary. I see in this text the characteristics of an effective encourager. Do you want to know what they are? In the first instance, an effective encourager. An effective encourager is, first of all, confident. Confident. I, I don't know anyone who can encourage anyone else who lacks confidence or who has a negative outlook on life. I, I just don't know. That's, that's why I try to be around positive folk. Because that's just enough negativity out here. But I don't know anyone who can effectively encourage someone else who is not confident and who has a negative outlook on life. In verse 23 of this text is that our effectiveness as encouragers is rooted and grounded in our trust in God. The Bible says God can be trusted to keep his promise. That's what the word of God says. So often our failure to encourage other people is rooted and grounded in an exaggerated concern for our own self-preservation and our own self-enhancement. Confidence in God's promise encourages a healthy self-forgetfulness. It's the kind of self-forgetfulness that Paul talked about as he opens uh, Philippians chapter 2. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Look not on your own interests, but also on the interests of others. We're so occupied. We're so immersed in our own stuff that we, we don't take the time to encourage someone else. When you have confidence in God, that will not be a distraction. When you know God's got your back. When you know what God has for you is for you, you, you won't have to worry about jockeying for this or jockeying for that. 
you can get your mind off self and be a blessing to other people. In fact, that passage I just quoted introduces the great kenosis passage in chapter 2 of Philippians, the passage about self-emptying, which Jesus is a supreme example of. Let the mind be in you who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. To quit, to stop worrying about our standing or our reputation and to transform ourselves into servants based on the reality that God promises are true will allow us to be more effective in carriages. So an effective in is confident. An effective in is considerate. Is considerate. Now I'm not so much thinking now of the results of encouragement. I'm more concerned about the facet of the definition considerate that has to do with one being thoughtful, intentional, purposeful, and deliberate. This is what the text says. I'm not making it up. It says this in verse 24. Let us think of ways, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. The word translated think of in the original communicates the idea of one's mind being fixated, firmly locked on the good of another. It's used in Psalm 41 and 1 in the Septuagint where it says, Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him from trouble. It's used one other time in the New Testament. This word translated think of is used in chapter 3 of Hebrews when it says, Consider Jesus Christ, the apostle and high priest of our profession. So in the same ways we should consider Jesus, that same word is used when it's communicating the idea of us thinking of one another. Don't you think this is a revolutionary thought? Just think about a church. Just think about a church like that. A church, this church, any church, where the primary obsession of every member was finding someone else they could encourage. There's another word in the text. It's the word motivate, and this translates the word which means literally to arouse, to incite a riot, to stimulate or to irritate. So this part of the text gives balance. See, we should not be so invested, so committed to keeping the peace that we avoid tough conversations. A tough conversation to encourage somebody. You should make sure you have some folk around you who if the need is required, they can look you in your eye and tell you not what you want to hear, but tell you what you need to know. Our idea of friendship is folk that agree with us, think like us, have our priorities. We need some folk around us who mix things up every now and then. 
And when you off base and off track, the legendary Casey Jones was the coach for a number of years of the Boston Celtics. He was known as an encourager, having been a player himself. He was known as an encourager of his players, but only encouraged them when they needed to be encouraged. One of his players asked him about it, and he said this to him. He says, this is why I encourage you this way. He said, after hitting the winning shot, with 15,000 people on their feet cheering for you, and all the other players high-fiving you, you don't need me then. He said, you need me most when nobody else is cheering. Anyone can cheer the person who won the game, graduated from college with honors, preached a great sermon, got a new job, bought a home. But the person who needs encouragement is the one who's down and out. When nobody else have time, when nobody else will high-five you, when nobody else will hug you, just in case you needed to know it this morning, I know somebody who will cheer for you, who will fight for you. At the end of the day, it's not about us. It's about who God can use us to be a blessing to. These people were challenged to be very intentional in reaching out and encouraging other people. We have to be confident. An effective encourager has to be considerate. But let me tell you what the last thing is. An effective encourager is connected. Not just confident, not just considerate, but is connected. Effective encouragers are part of a community. They're not standing on the outside looking in. They're engaged. They're connected to the family of God. If you read this text and its background, the readers forgot that there is strength in numbers. When I read this, though, I'm moved by the fact that the text would have been grammatically and syntactically correct, no violation of language, if it just said forsaking, assembling, or meeting. But it says meeting together. Just because you gather in one place don't mean you together. See, the inference here is that one place is with one mind and one purpose and one intent. I, I tell folk all the time, it's not the building. It's the people. Effective encouragers are connected. Dr. King spoke of the beloved community. He said, we are bound in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a garment of destiny. He understood our independence. We're in this together. We're connected. And we should encourage one another. I love that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where it says we are one body, but many members. And Paul says in that passage, he says, the ear or the foot cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. 
I'm praying that God will give us a church of encouragers. Does that mean we don't disagree? No, because one of my favorite authors said disagreement is an achievement. It's disagreeableness that's a problem. We can disagree and still encourage one another. Also, there's many members, but one body. On earth, the church is the body of Christ. In heaven, it will be the bride of Christ. And there's only one body here, and there's only one bride in heaven. I wanted to give you seven practical things we can do to encourage one another. Be prayerful. Because what I'm asking you to do, you can't do in human strength. You can't do in human power. You can't do with a sophisticated intellect. You can't do with good intentions. Some things to encourage some folk, we need to encourage. You got to pray about it. Be prayerful. Whatever you do, be kind. Be positive. Be compassionate. We don't know what folk are going through. Be available. There may be somebody here today that needs somebody to walk with them through something. Something that the pastor, the deacons can't walk with them. But you've been through it. Be available. And be forgiving. And remember that the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer says this. Father, forgive us our sins. What's the condition? As we forgive those who have sinned against us. And the last thing I want to tell you about being an effective in carriage is some of us need to develop short memories. Be forgetful. Be forgetful. There is unhealthy amnesia and there's healthy amnesia. Some of us need to get infected with some healthy amnesia and just be forgetful. An effective encourager is confident, considerate, and connected. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.